0: Welcome to the NJ Criminal Podcast, and part three in this series. Let's let's uh, switch gears for a minute, and let's talk about uh, Force Analysis, LLC. Tell me about that. How'd that come about, and tell me what it is specifically that you're doing?
1: Well, it's a, uh, a consulting company that I started uh, in January of this year, and it's consulting on use of force. Basically, whether it's a, a criminal case, a civil case, or an administrative case, either the officer or his attorneys can hire me uh, to review a case or if a, a prosecutor's office or district attorney's office want me to review it or on a criminal aspect uh, to see if the force was reasonable um, when you do expert consultation you have to do both sides you can't just say hey i'm only going to do uh, uses of force that favor the police uh you can't do that because you have to be you have to be objective and you have to be impartial on, on every case that you look at. And let's be honest, um, there are uses of force by police that are not reasonable. And you have to be willing to accept that and take those types of cases and, and, and have to testify and, and basically explain why the officer's use of force was not reasonable. So, uh, not something I look forward to, but that's that's the business that uh, I guess I volunteered to be in. Well, right. It's
0: about being able to be fair and objective.
1: Uh, yes, and that's, that's, like that's you're, exactly what you're it is.
0: Decades of experience and you're, now your familiarity with the new directive puts you in a, a perfect position to be able to do that. Are you able to review uh, just state police or all departments' types of cases?
1: I, I cannot do any state police cases whatsoever. Got it. Um, or probably any case that the state themselves as in the attorney general's office is looking at while I'm currently employed in law enforcement but any uh, local or prosecutor's office type cases I can certainly do our out of state uh, cases and all that was was yeah that's
0: what I was going to ask you are you limited to uh, in terms of your expertise New Jersey or uh, do you see uh, force analysis being something where you can uh, you know testify in other
1: states no I can certainly testify in other states uh, you just have to be cognizant of uh, the guidelines in those states. Um, obviously, the Grand versus Carter, that's the federal standard that most sta- uh, states go by objective reasonableness. But there are states that hold uh, more of a stricter uh, policy uh, and, and law when it comes to objective reasonableness. Uh, so I can certainly do any state. Uh, I know uh, lots of use of force experts as I've been trained by experts throughout the country that they basically have their own companies now and and they do cons- consultation uh, um, in other states, not just the ones that they live in. But it's certainly challenging in today's uh, environment being a police officer. But, um, you know, that's what everyone signs up to be that want to do this job, and you you have to change with the times, uh, whether you like it or not. Right. Uh, you right. Know, and and more, the most important thing is, is to go home safe.
0: Well, um, right. and um, I, I mean, I know from my, my, you know, the time that I worked as a prosecutor and uh, trained law, law enforcement, uh, one of the first things we always said was, look, the number one rule is to go home safe. If you if you don't remember anything else, you want to remember that, you you know, to go home safe. So that certainly uh, rings true no matter where you're where, you know, what department you're looking at. Right.
1: Absolutely. And regardless of what your assignment is, uh, whether it's on patrol, whether it's doing undercover work as a detective, um, it it doesn't matter. That's the main goal is to go home safe and go home to your family um, and just the decisions you make, uh, just make sure they're reasonable. Uh, But a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to think about your alternatives. You kind of have to go with what comes to mind the quickest and and make sure it's reasonable at that time, because that's what the standard is. Everybody seems they want to question an officer's uh, ability. They could have done this force option as opposed to this, or they could have done that as opposed, opposed to that. Um, that's not the standard. The standard of what they did do was that reasonable under the totality of the circumstances. Uh, that's what a lot of people really don't understand. Um, most times...
0: Have most, most states times, uh, changed uh, policies like New, new Jersey? or are most states moving towards uh, proportionality, de-escalation, et cetera?
1: From what I can see, a, a lot have. Uh, certainly that de-escalation is big uh, throughout the country. There's uh, training going on by several different companies uh, and new directives and guidelines that are coming out, um, as probably they should. I mean, uh, each department should be having training on de-escalation. Uh, there's no need, unless someone's in a threat of death or serious bodily injury, there's no need to rush in anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you can, if it's possible, and if it's feasible, take a step back. Give yourself time, distance, space, cover, wait for backup if you can. Uh, try to use verbal communications. Uh, again, it, you can't do that in every situation. Sometimes you're being attacked or someone else is being attacked and you have to act <laughs> immediately. But sometimes you, you, you do have that ability to step back and, you know, for safety, not only of yours, but the other person's safety as well. You don't want to use force unless you have to. Um, and that's one of the, uh, the big words that the AG's office has in their guidelines. And they had it before. It's got to be necessary. If it's not necessary, then why are you using force to begin with? Um, but it's up to the officer to explain um, their actions of what they did and why they did it.
0: You know the old saying, you can't teach a, an old dog new trucks. Do you think it's harder to train uh, more experienced officers or, or officers that have been on the force for a longer period of time for
1: the reasons you've stated? Is it easier to I train would say so. new
0: officers in this new policy?
1: Well, the new the new officers don't have any reference backwards in time. All they know is this new policy. If you have 15, 20 years on of, of being taught the same thing over and over again, uh, every year. Now, all of a sudden, they want you to change it. It's it's, it's going to take time. And you have to get on board with the changes. Otherwise, you can find yourself uh, in trouble, if not criminally, civilly, or, or, or administratively, or all three together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you don't think you can do that, it might be time for you to move on to a different career. Right.
0: Are there any, any particular scenarios that you have seen uh, that you, you believe become problematic for one reason or another. I mean, you know, the George Floyd incident was a, a fairly minor, um, investigation that just went out of control very quickly. But in the, in the cases that you've had the ability, uh, to review, and again, I don't want you to give me any, any real specifics, but just generally speaking, um, is there, is there something that stands out to you that is, uh, is a situation that has a larger potential of going awry quicker
1: I would say in all my years of uh, investigating deadly force I think the cases that bring the most scrutiny is when a subject is shot in the back by a police officer mm-hmm. um those generally bring the most criticism and um
0: and it happens I mean the you, most. you hear about it right it happens,
1: it happens all the time yeah why and why is I'm that not, like it, what? Well, there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. Um, and this is where you start getting into the human factor science, potentially, of the use of force encounter when it comes to, let's say, um, human reaction times. You have to understand uh, information processing and how quick a person's ability to react to a particular stimuli. You know, for instance, uh, if, if a subject... Points a gun at you, shoots, and then quickly turns around. By the time the officer can can draw his gun out, come out on target, the person might have already turned around and started running away, mm-hmm. and the officer mm-hmm. still shoots because he can't stop that action in time. It takes time to do that. Just like it takes time to start an action or respond to a certain stimulus, it takes time to stop that particular sti- uh, reaction as well. Uh, and it's not just, and that's not just an excuse for police officers. That's Everyone in everyday life, uh, human reaction times have been studied for over 100 years. And now in the last probably 25 years, they're now starting to apply human factor science to police officers, and, and well, they should, because that that may potentially add into the totality of the circumstances.
0: And that's a, that's a phrase that you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation. Now, as you now as an expert, testif- or reviewing a, a, a case and then coming up with an opinion and testifying about it, is that human factor is that something that you're going to be commenting on
1: i would if it applies to that case not every single use of force incident has a human factor element in it Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you're going to investigate force or you're going to analyze force you have to at least be cognizant of a possibility there may be some sort of human factor science involved in that situation and if you don't you're putting the officer at a complete disadvantage because you're not understanding the totality of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to understand human reaction time. You have to understand physiological effects like tunnel vision, hearing loss, understanding um, perception and focus and attention that the officers uh, are dealing with at the time, not necessarily the same as the body-worn camera. Right. So okay. uh, not every instance has a human factor element in it. But you have to be prepared to possibly deal with that. That's why the people that are doing the investigations in the force, whether it's deadly or non-deadly force, you have to have some sort of training in that. And then it's the same thing when it comes to the, the prosecutors. If you're going to analyze force and you, you, you want to say whether an officer's force was reasonable or not under, under the totality of the circumstances, you should have some sort of training yourself on human factor science. Um, and that just comes with doing the job. I mean, uh, yeah. just like officers have to adjust to new policies and guidelines, while well, the science and the research that comes out, the attorneys themselves and the command staff of each the police department uh, should be knowing uh, or have information on this as well.
0: Yeah, one case that got a lot of attention out in Minnesota was the uh, officer, uh, Kim Potter, who was found guilty of manslaughter and mistakenly drew her firearm instead of her taser. Um, is that, is that something, I mean, I know, know, again, media focused case, the public probably doesn't have all the information. I'm sure they don't have all the information, but something like that, is that a situation where you would apply this human element or human factor or not? Is that just something that should never happen?
1: No, that certainly applies to that. That's a weapon confusion case. Uh, that's had probably, uh, I think this country's probably had, 15 or 20 of those cases mm-hmm. uh, in the last 20 years or so. What doesn't uh, the public horrible. understand
0: about something like that?
1: They don't understand the stress-induced heart rate that an officer has to go through uh, in a critical incident like that and how fast they have to make their decisions um, and be able to respond to those type of incidences. And a lot of that, when it comes to the web confusion case, a lot of it can come down to training uh, like what side of mm-hmm. uh, the officer is carrying their taser as opposed to where they're carrying their firearm. There's a lot of stuff like that that comes uh, involved in that. Uh, it, was a, it was a terrible incident um, for the person that she shot. It's a terrible incident for her because now she uh, uh, was found guilty and, and had to go to jail. Um, there's no winners in a situation like that. There's, uh, there's just they're terrible to have to go through them on both sides and they're terrible to have to investigate uh, something like that. And it's terrible for like a local prosecutor's office or district attorney's office to have to deal with that because the scrutiny uh, that comes with that uh, could be overwhelming for their office as well.
0: So, uh, Force Analysis LLC. If a defense attorney has a is defending an officer, uh, they could reach out to you as long as it's not a state police case and have you review the file and consult on it and potentially testify. Yes.
1: Okay. Yep. I will uh, review the case. I will review it uh, objectively and impartially. On uh, the totality of the circumstances, uh, reviewing everything uh, that was involved in that case, and, I, and I'll give the attorney my honest opinion uh, after I view it. And if they want an expert report uh, stating what I what I think and why I think that way, I, I will certainly do that.
0: Yeah, it seems to me I, if I'm a defense attorney, I would I would uh, definitely, if I had a situation like that, want to reach out to you. How How do people get a hold of you, Glenn?
1: Uh, my website, you get uh, www.ForceAnalysisLLC.com. Uh, my email, which is Glenn at um, And the, my phone number is also on my website, too. They can call me. So anytime, uh, whether it's a, um, pro- a local prosecutor's office, whether it's a, uh, a local police department themselves that want me to review it administratively, uh, whether it's a, the union or an attorney for the office themselves. Um, you know, I, when you when you get the consultant, you have to be willing to do both sides. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll review everything objectively and impartially as I can on uh, the volume in- uh, information that I get at the time.
0: And uh, you're where are you based out of?
1: Glenwood, um, New Jersey.
0: Got it. But you're all you can go all over, correct?
1: Yes, yeah. If uh, if an uh, agency up north wants to uh, can, wants to consult the the case, no problem there. We can do most of the stuff by uh, by phone or um, video conferencing. Uh, at some point, if uh, you know, if they someone hires me, I would probably want to go up and see the scene mm-hmm. uh, itself where the incident happened, if I can, or if, if, if there's no photographs or uh, wherever I can to get the the, the, the best uh, perspective of what happened during the incident.
0: I didn't want to rush you today, but is there anything else that you wanted to comment on? Um, you know, we could certainly have you back and kind of get into the the nitty gritty of the policy in more detail. But was there anything else just today that you wanted to mention uh, in this call?
1: Oh, I, just like we talked about before, Meg, I could talk about you for four <laughs> small afternoon, but I know we're on a uh, time frame here. But like you know my, my biggest thing is when you want to analyze force don't just do it by watching a video it's so much more than that understand the totality of the circumstances and i understand that the media and the public don't have all the facts right away uh it might take weeks or months for them to get all the facts um but don't just judge a police officer's action just by watching a video you really have to understand the standard of force of objective reasonableness under Graham versus and realize that officers have to make split second judgments on the circumstances that are tense, uncertain, and rapidly evolving. You have to put yourself in their perspective at the time of the incident, not just look at it in 2020 hindsight hindsight, you know, sitting in the nice comfort of uh, a chair at your desk and, and, and watch video and hit play, rewind, play, rewind over and over again. You know, an officer has uh, typically a very short amount of time to respond to an incident. Um, you have to take that into consideration, um, knowing what they were dispatched to, knowing what happened when they got there, and then what, ha- what happened as the, as the incident unfolded, uh, what crimes are being committed before, during, or what they believed, or the officer believed was being committed. Uh, understand the severity of the crime, understand the immediacy of the threat, if there is one to him or other people understand if the person is resisting and how they're resisting and, and if the person's uh, evading by flight and trying to run away. You have to take all that into, um, under the circumstances and then decide whether the officer's use of force is reasonable. Do
0: you think the new directive does all that?
1: Uh, I think it does. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, I think a lot of the officers that I've spoken to were afraid of it. And mm-hmm. I think if some of them are afraid to use force now because I think um, necessarily Attorney General's office is out to get him and I just tell everyone the same thing if you just know the policy know um, how to explain and articulate what you did and why you did it as long as it's reasonable you're going to be fine um, and just understand what the policy says um, understand what you can do in certain circumstances and what you can't do you know and if you want to go away from that policy, you certainly have to explain uh, what what you did and why you did it. Uh, That's the biggest thing. I mean, police officers, uh, the mentality years ago was the less you put in the report, the better. Now, uh, I think since I've been on, I think it's the more that you put, the better. You really have to explain your actions. and and Not just what you did. You have to explain how you were feeling and why you were feeling that specific way. Because that can call that all comes in the totality of the circumstances. You just know the guidelines, know the standard of brand versus corner, know uh, and uh, how to articulate that in your reports. That's that's the biggest thing I think.
0: Got it, got it. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and and uh, kind of start digging into this. There's there is so much there, and it's not it's certainly not as clear as I think a lot of people want to make it. So you know having someone like you that has so many years of experience has the experience uh, to you know look at a, at a case objectively and apply the new directive uh, in, a, in a in a way that's going to basically come up with a, an expert opinion uh, as to whether or not that use of force was or was not proper is is indispensable for both for, oh, the, for both sides you know prosecution and defense.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me. And uh, if anyone's looking for some consultation on use of force, just remember uh, Force Analysis, uh, LLC.
0: Great. Force Analysis, LLC. And I got to ask you, where did you grow up?
1: Uh, Boston, Massachusetts. That's what I thought.
0: That's
1: what I thought. Yeah, I I transplanted my accent down here uh, about uh, back in 2000.
0: That's fantastic. Great. So you ready for some baseball?
1: I am. Uh, My Red Sox will be kicking off. I know they were postponed last night, but they're playing the Yankees uh, tonight, and uh, hopefully for never, uh, hoping for another playoff season and uh, possible World Series. Don't forget to subscribe and like the show on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen.